Um, this is the regular meeting of the uh, Board of Trustees of City College. Uh, President Davila will be joining us um, in a little while. Um, uh, Linda, can you call the roll, please? Yes. Um, President Davila is not yet present. Vice President Rizzo? Uh, yes, here. Trustee Chisty? Present. Trustee Green? Present. Trustee Selby? Here. Trustee Williams, not yet present. Trustee Wong? Present. Student Trustee Malinelli? Present. Right. You do have quorum. Okay. Um, apologies for the lack of video, but I'm getting an unstable internet message. So um, I shut the video off. I'll now read the land acknowledgement statement. Um, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have neither ceded nor lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretaker of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatouche community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Um, okay. Um, now, my understanding, next time is closed session, but my understanding is we're not going into closed session right now. Is that, is that the plan? Uh, Vice President, we uh, can go into closed session because uh, we, we have everybody uh, on the calendar to do so. So we are okay to move into uh, closed session as the oh, okay. has been posted. Okay, well, let's do that then. Um, um, I think, uh, do, we need, do we need a uh, motion to approve the closed session agenda? Motion. Motion to approve the closed second session second. agenda. And I'll second that. Okay, that's uh, moved and seconded it. Um, uh, Linda, can you call the roll? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Aye. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, student Trustee Villalobos advisory vote? Aye. Um, Trustee Chisty? Aye. Trustee Green? Aye. Trustee Selby? Aye. Uh, we still don't have Trustee Williams. Trustee Wong? I'm here. I ah, There you are. Good. And uh, also Trustee Wong. Aye. Okay, the motion passes. Okay, uh, uh, thank you. We, we are uh, now recessed um, um, for closed session and to be back. Do we know when we will be back, uh, Chancellor? Do you have an estimate? I would estimate 60 minutes and then we will follow up with Linda if that is either uh, too much or too little. Okay, um, uh, we, we, will be, we will be back in 60 minutes then. All right, we're adjourned, or not adjourned, but uh, um, <laughs> well, I guess we are adjourned, right, for, for now. All right, thanks. <clears throat>
It's all right. I wasn't prepared with the slate, so I'm making it right now. Yeah.
Oh. Looks like we have a projected return time of 15 more minutes. Um, Linda, do we have, just checking on um, the public comment before we go back in. Uh, we do have um, two public comments on items not on the agenda. Okay. And um, do we have any on the approval of the minutes? No. That's the only the only public comment we have are the uh, two for items not on the agenda. Okay, very good. Linda, do you mean by that that there are no public comment for there's no public comment for any items on the agenda as well? Or that's correct. The only I, I only received two requests for public comments, and they were both requests for items not on the agenda, and no other requests were made. Wow. Where is everybody? <laughs> getting ready for Thanksgiving. No, getting ready for Halloween. Okay, well, I'm not sure, but we thought it was six o'clock, so that's why we got out. I of did I did tell um the staff that it was six. Oh. But it says 6.15 on. I, I, well, I got a quick thing that said 6.15 and then a quick correction for 6 o'clock. So oh, maybe... okay. So we can start. Yeah. Okay. Because it looks like we have everybody here. Yes. Okay. Great. I just saw 6.15. I thought we couldn't start. Well, then. All right. Let's get back in. Sean, are we recording? We never stopped. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so let's get back to our meeting and we have no reportable items from closed session. And now we can take a public comment, Linda. Yes, uh, Judy Goodman. Linda, I do not see Judy on now. What about Christina Young-Yoera? I do see Christina. Thank you, Sean. Hi. 
Hi. Um, can you hear me? Yes, go okay. ahead, please. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I wish to speak and share um, some quotes with you uh, that I read recently. The first is community as rebellion, a syllabus for surviving academia as a woman of color written by Loria Garcia Pena. Being a stranger on campus is a violent experience grounded in the colonial order that engenders and sustains white supremacy. To be the one means behaving, obeying the rules of whiteness, maintaining the status quo and above all being grateful. That gratitude is demonstrated through silence and complicity. The one must never complain. When I asked them to come forward with me, they declined citing fear of repercussion from administration. One of them said to me, if I speak out against this, all I gain is more attention to myself as a complainer. We must be understanding and let microaggressions pass, whatever transpired with no one's fault, that there were no ill intentions. My discomfort and violence I suffered were all to be par all part of the, of the misunderstanding that my strangeness provoked. The message was clear, people like you do not belong here. You are the exception, you are the one, and the one comes at a cost. You must be willing to accept your own discomfort and quietly conform to whiteness. You must be willing to comply and make white people comfortable. My other quote is from Asao Inoue, and he writes, brown means I don't get the benefit of the doubt. My words are suspect. Brown means I must wait. White people get the benefit of the doubt. They get permits to start work immediately. Brown folks wait two weeks. And Asians, we are, we are the good ones, the model minority, the model that artificially makes other people of color look like slackers, even though this hides a lot of problems. Hang us on a wall or use, as, use us as exotic stories to tell others, but that's it. I sound white so that I'm like normal and can punch a white man's ticket to ride the anti-racist bus. I wanted to share a quote from. Thank you. That concludes public comment. There's not another one? No, the, unless Sean, if you want to check one more time for Judy Goodman. Judy is not on. Okay. okay. Thank you, Sean. Okay, and um, let's approve the minutes then. Does anybody want to make a motion? to approve the minutes, item 6A. So moved. Okay, was was that Trustee Selby or Trustee Chisty? Chisty and Selby will second, thank you. Okay, great, there you go. All those in favor of approving the minutes? I need to take a roll call vote. Okay, let's take a roll call vote. Uh, student Trustee Villalobos advisory vote. Aye. President Davila? Aye. Vice President Rizzo? You're, you're uh, rooted, Vice President Rizzo. I mean, muted. I'll come back to him. Trustee Chisty? Aye. Trustee Green? Aye. Trustee Selby? Aye. Trustee Williams? I'll come back to Trustee Williams. Trustee Wong? Yes. Okay. Vice President Rizzo? Must have stepped away. He must have seen that 615 on there. Maybe. And um, Trustee Williams? 
It, it, it passes without their votes if you want to go ahead. Okay, I do. Um, okay, so the minutes, September 22, 2022 minutes um, are approved. And now we have reports. The first is the student chancellor's report, Heather Brandt. Chair? Yes. I mean, President. Um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a, a dual report. Okay. On behalf of the student chancellor and myself. Okay, great. Well, saludos. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you all are doing well. And I want to start off with uh, saying that uh, student chancellor Heather Brandt is not present with us. Uh, she was at a previous meeting um, with the PGC. And unfortunately, because of the overlapping meetings with PGC and uh, the board of trustee meeting tonight, um, it, it was very difficult to attend uh, this meeting. Uh, and I, I believe that's, that's happened quite a few times already with uh, overlapping meetings. So we have to, we have to um, be careful with that as far as like when we're scheduling meetings. Uh, but I, I just want to uh, start off by saying, uh, students, uh, congratulations for uh, passing and completing the uh, midterms um, timeframe. Uh, you could now take a little breather before we get, start getting into finals. Um, you all are amazing. Um, just wanted to let you all know that if you are still planning to enroll uh, for more classes this semester, it's not too late. We have a late enrollment classes available. And as of this morning, I counted 47 available classes that will start on October 22nd and moving on. So uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, check out uh, adding more classes, that would be on the CCSF website, uh, first page, main page, ccsf.edu. We have 47 classes still that haven't started this semester. Um, I could start off with uh, some of the things that we've been working on. Um, this week, uh, we've attended uh, a few of the open houses of different spaces here on campus. Uh, we started off with the math department. The math department had their open house on Tuesday morning. And uh, we had the opportunity to meet a lot of students uh, within the math department. Um, the math department had the opportunity to share about the resources that they offer, but more importantly, they also had the opportunity to hear from students and the feedback and what students need in order for, for students to be successful within the department. So that's a, a big uh, thank you to the math department. Uh, we followed up with uh, attending one of the resource center uh, open houses, which was uh, Tulai. Tulai had their open house as well on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Tulai uh, uh, focuses on the Philippine and Philippine American students and um, the, uh, the resources they have available, um, but anybody and everyone is welcome. Uh, so thank you to Tulai for having the Resource Center open house. Uh, and lastly, the same day on Tuesday, uh, we had an open house for students uh, pertaining to the uh, City Dream. City Dream focuses on students that are mixed status, undocumented, uh, documented, unprotected um, community. And so we were able to hear from 
student alumni that have um, have put in a lot of work within these last 10 years in making sure that unprotected students uh, are seen, first of all, and protected on campus and uh, resources uh, available for uh, the community. And, and so thank you for uh, City Dream and uh, for the amazing work that they're doing, uh, the coordinator, Jacqueline, and of course, Leti Silva from Latino Services Network and Guillermo Villanueva for um, making sure that the students and the student community of uh, DACA, unprotected uh, mixed status students are um, seen and recognized, but there's still a lot of work to be done. They, they are in need of, of many more resources. Um, let's see, uh, yesterday, yesterday, some of the members of the Associate Student Executive Council, um, including uh, Student Chancellor Heather Brandt, met with uh, Advisor Coffey and Trustee Selby. Um, they met with uh, Assembly Member Phil uh, Ting to further discuss transit needs for students and especially since uh, AB 1919 was veto. Um, and so the discussion is what, what's, gonna, what's gonna happen next. Uh, there's a few conferences that uh, we've been a part of uh, this week. There was a Monday, October 17th through today was the Open Education Conference. And the theme for this conference was Rise to, to Action. Uh, some of the sessions that were attended uh, by student leadership were empowering student voices and decolonizing of higher education, um, which, which focuses on, on uh, having students um, be the focus in uh, those spaces. Uh, another one was uh, creating inclusive, inclusive, diverse, and cultural relevant open educational resources. And of course, the zero textbook cost gap. Uh, these are some some of the workshops that are, are very beneficial to not only students, but the CCSF community as well. And uh, I think uh, as far as the open houses of conferences, uh, that's, that's uh, about it. Uh, I do wanna uh, remind students that we have an amazing athletics department here at City College. Um, if you haven't checked out uh, in some of the uh, athletic games, uh, check it out. Uh, especially for the football team, uh, we, as a student here at City College, you're able to um, attend football games for free this season. Uh, th thank you for putting that together uh, to the CCSF community. So all you have to do is uh, go to the to the CCSF football website, Athletics website, and download, um, do a QRC code and download your season passes. So that's uh, that's about it for right now. Um, we're continuing to help students with uh, registration for late classes and coming soon, a registration for the spring classes. Thank you. Okay, thank you, um, student trustee Villalobos. I might ask you for help registering for a late class. So um, let's see. Was that part of your, did you put it all together? Or do you still have a student trustees report? No, we did a joint one together. Okay, great, great. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, board committee reports. We have first the budget and audit committee and we have Chair Wong. Thank you, President Davila. 
um, on our October 13th, 2022 board budget and audit committee meeting, uh, the first uh, item on our board was to discuss a, a proposal to uh, amend and update our uh, board policy 8.01 budget preparation and fiscal accountability. So the current uh, proposal that's been discussed since this past summer includes um, uh, language about the monthly updates, requiring a multi-year budget plan, requiring board approval for spending uh, reserves if, um, or uh, deficits, uh, and also presentation of a budget based on financial findings and uh, language regarding independent audits. Uh, at the meeting, we also discussed uh, the, some of the new recommendations from the state chancellor's office on the reserve requirements uh, that that they or the recommendations that they expect us to, to have. And so we included uh, some new language in the proposal that speaks to how we're going to plan to meet the um, state chancellor's office recommendations and government finance officer association standard recommendations. Uh, for our second, um, uh, in addition, for some of the additional amendments that were brought up, we also included new language uh, referencing the budget and audit committee uh, in the policy and um, included uh, some additional language about reporting for surpluses and deficits uh, to, to the board in a timely fashion. Um, secondly, um, we also had a, a discussion about the state chancellor's new reserve recommendation uh, following a similar discussion that, that we had with the previous agenda item about um, the impacts of the new uh, state chancellor's reserve recommendation on, on the college and how we will uh, address it going forward. Finally, we had a monthly uh, budget update from Vice Chancellor Alman. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, any questions? Let's move forward to um, Facilities Master Planning and Oversight Committee. And we have, oh wait, there is a question from- Just to, to thank you so much, President Davila. Just a quick question for um, Alan. I heard you talk about all the wonderful improvements you're making with the board policy. And I wondered if, you know, we've discussed a couple of times how important it might be to um, have conversations early about the budget so that we can um, talk about it, not just in terms of its numbers, but also in terms of our values as City College. And I'm wondering if there's a way we could also add that to um, the budget discussion uh, to make sure that we have conversations very early in the yes. in the budget discussion that include what our priorities are and what our sort of you know our values are. Trustee Selby, there's uh, currently language in there that uh, talks about uh, bringing up the the budget um, discussions early on so that we have a better uh, better uh, discussion over it. So. Uh, we're amending it so that we will be presented a preliminary budget no later than May and tentative budget no later than June uh, at uh, the Budget and Audit Committee and at uh, similar required hearings. I, I think um, for uh, for some of the, uh, I think you mentioned talking, kind of discussing our kind of broader values as, as a board. Yes. I think in in those meetings that we have earlier on, we at the Budget and Audit Committee, we can implement that sort of request of yours so that uh, not we're not only just budgeting based based under you know the time pressures and time constraints that we have but also having some additional time in advance to to to, to include that so you know, in terms of uh, language I, I think we could potentially <clears throat> a, make some non kind of non-substantive 
um, amendments uh, that won't de delay delay potentially an, another meeting and mentioned that during these um, uh, preliminary budget meetings, uh, we could uh, include a, a include a discussion about our, our values uh, that are that are in there. So that's uh, so I think that is uh, possible. Right now, it's being forwarded over to the PGC for uh, re review, and then it'll be sent back uh, uh, to full board at a later date. Thank you. Um, and I just wonder if, if in my case, I would love to be invited. And I wonder if other trustees might also, if that might be a, when we do have that, that early discussion, if that might be a discussion of the full board as opposed to just the budget, um, just because, you know, we all, we all care deeply about making sure that the money is going to the, uh, the things that we value most. Yes, we could have a, a potentially a committee of the whole focused on kind of values uh, for for budgeting uh, as some, something that we could do in the future. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and um, Vice President Rizzo. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention uh, that. Thank you, uh, uh, Chair Wong, for that report. Um, the, the, this um, um, this budget policy uh, revision that that Chair Wong and I are are putting forward. Um, uh, it, it does several things, but the, I, I think uh, moving uh, moving the the, uh, the the boards getting a full budget document to May, um, I think, is a pretty substantial um, um, change that would give also the public an extra month to review the budget and and look at the numbers. And um, also an, another highlight of this is, is the uh, requirement of the, um, um, to use an outside uh, um, auditing firm to look at our current year budget while it's happening. And um, this is something that Chancellor Martin has, um, uh, is in favor of, and he's actually moved uh, forward to, to start uh, uh, getting this firm on board even, even before we pass this. So this is all good, uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point those two things out. I'm very excited about this, uh, this uh, budget policy uh, revision. <clears throat> okay. Um, Thea, did you have another question or do you want to put your hand down? I will put my hand down. Thank you. Okay. And I would ask all of us to mute ourselves before any loud yawns. Um, okay, so let's see. The next thing that we have on here is the Student Success and Policy Committee. And we have Trustee Selby. I'm so sorry. I thought we were going to, uh, it looks like it's facilities next, but I'm- Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Oh. We were on our- <laughs> facilities. Thank you. Vice President Rizzo, I almost sidestepped you. I, I'm going to try to um, uh, use video. Um, I have been having problems this evening with video um, with the internet connection. So, but I will try it. Um, at, at facilities committee, we, um, we basically did a review of the um, project labor agreement that that video uh, that yeah john i think i think you should go off, off shut off your video because you're you're, you're breaking up there you go 
Okay, we'll try that again. We we uh, uh, reviewed the project labor agreement that we have with the building trades, San Francisco building trades, which the board approved um, sometime after the 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 2020 bond measure was passed um, in March. And uh, so we just got a review of that and we asked some questions about it. And um, uh, because that we are about to start construction of some buildings and the, the PLA uh, with the building trades uh, is about to actually be come into uh, force. So um, that's exciting. Um, we also, um, approved uh, a few items that uh, should be on the agenda tonight. One is a uh, um, extension basically of a contract with the, the A. Kennedy group. And, and this is a, um, she does financial oversight of the bond program um, or, or her firm does. And um, uh, this, is, this is something we, the board um, um, implemented a, a few years ago and uh, so this, this, this is just extending her contract uh, for another year because uh, we're, we do it year by year. Um, and um, another, there's another um, item uh, for uh, the uh, Ann Kennedy Group um, to support the uh, Bond um, Oversight Committee because um, they, they work with the committee. And then the final thing we did was just a standard uh, declaration of surplus uh, property. So um, that's on the agenda as well. And that's my report. Thank you. Um, Trustee Selby, did you have a question? I did, I did. Um, I have actually been speaking first with the building trades, uh, Rudy Gonzalez, um, about how we can make sure that the $845 million that we have uh, can ensure be be insured to go to students as well, right? That we have, um, you know, jobs, tremendous uh, skilled jobs uh, that they may be able to do at our campuses, which is the best kind of jobs possible because as long as, you know, they don't have to leave and uh, the pay could be reasonable. And one of the things that we had talked about is amending the PLA to more specifically talk about making sure, and he seemed amenable to this. So I just wanted to mention this to say, I don't know if it's a, you know, where you are on this, but specifically to talk about uh, amending the PLA to be certain that part of the PLA and, and, and the chancellor and I read through the PLA just uh, the other day in that section and found that there was nothing very clear about actually giving students jobs um, related to the construction work. So I just wanted to mention this and say, I don't know if you had um, actually talked about this during uh, the meeting, but I think it's something that's, that's super important that we make sure that our students benefit from this $845 million worth of construction, preferably with um, jobs that they could really gain skills from. Um, so wondering if you have anything to say about that. Uh, no, we, we didn't discuss this particular thing. We were just kind of reviewing what's in the PLA now um, for the most part. We, we talked a little bit about um, uh, uh, the, the, the ramifications for, you know, uh, uh, local um, uh, my, minority owned uh, businesses, women owned businesses at, and their participation. And that, and that's all, uh, that's all stuff that will be coming forward. The, the college will be doing 
presentations for the for the various groups to um, um, let them know how they can get involved and how they can bid and that kind of thing. But um, we, I, I'm aware of of of, uh, uh, of this proposal, and and um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, I, I think we should, uh, you know. Um, let the process play out with with the building trades and then you know we'll we'll take it up uh, we don't want to get ahead of the, the committee doesn't want to get ahead of you know the negotiations uh um and any any changes like that but that that sound it all sounds good so yeah. great great i mean we certainly don't want the discussion to be too late <laughs> so that the students don't don't end up um getting uh, a piece i can of this, add something in here trustee yeah. selby yeah, um, we we did discuss this a little bit. We didn't discuss it, but we went over it. And there is an internship program. And I don't know if uh, Vice Chancellor Alberto Vasquez is here, but he did um, talk about it a little bit. I don't think he's here this time, but maybe what we could do is bring him back next time to uh, discuss this more because there are provisions in the PLA for internships. Yes, and 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 the chancellor and I sort of reviewed that, and it didn't look clear uh, whether you know whether or not these are just uh, some sort of uh, training having to do with classes, or whether it's actually jobs. So that's that's we'll, the thing we'll that I just want to clarify. That would be great. And chancellor, did you want to add anything? Uh, just as a point of clarification, the PLA does have uh, a clause in regards to creating apprenticeship programs, and I think the missing or the next step is connecting uh, the apprenticeship programs directly to our future Prop A projects, and that's something we can definitely bring more information back to the board on. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, is that it for? That's my report. Thank you. Okay. Um, so let's go on to Chair Selby for the Student Success and Policy Committee. Thank you. Um, and unfortunately, um, well, fortunately and unfortunately, um, Trustee Chissy was not able to be there, but she gave copious notes, which we really appreciated um, to help us, uh, even though she wasn't able to be there because we are in person on these uh, meetings. And, um, and so I wanna thank her, first of all, for taking the time to, to, to do that. Um, mostly what we talked about, um, sorry, I'm in the, on the wrong thing, but mostly what we talked about are the Puente program, first of all, and how wonderful it is and how uh, we, we had someone talk about, um, you know, the benefits of the Puente program, how it's not just for Latino students, but um, it helps first-generation students of all types. Um, I know that uh, President Davila actually is the one who pulled me in to the Puente program way back when, and um, it is a uh, uh, another, it, it's another wonderful program. And one of the comments that I think was made uh, by all of us actually who were there um, is whether or not it's properly funded. Um, it seems like compared to some of the other programs that we have, um, there's an absolute clear success rate, but there doesn't seem to be as clear um, uh, a sort of connection between the success and the amount of money that they got. So I think that's something that came out of that particular discussion of the printed program. Um, then we also spent quite a bit of time talking about um, the, uh, the Free City program. We're making changes now, which is very exciting. As you all know, there are some, there, there's movement afoot to uh, try and 
um, make sure that our student debt is eliminated through uh, the excess. There's there's unallocated. I won't call it excess because it's all ours, right? But there is um, there is an attempt that the board of supervisors, I believe. Uh, is um, supportive of to uh, take some of the ex the extra funding, the funding that we do not have the students for, um, and use it towards eliminating some of the student debt that has accumulated during COVID. So we did talk about that, but we also did talk about some of the other exciting opportunities that may be um, forthcoming from um, from having this unallocated fund, these unallocated funds that once they get to a certain point actually go back to the general fund so they no longer are with City College um, and among them of course being trying to use some of that money to recruit other students and there are a lot of other ideas again that were sort of fleshed out and expressed again which I appreciate from everyone. Um, and then the other thing we did which is uh, in our uh, board meeting as well is we took a second look at the I believe it's called chapter one um, uh, policies. So I First of all, I want to thank everybody at City College who's working on uh, getting us accredited once again. And part of the accreditation process, of course, is trying to make sure that we have everything updated as far as our board policies are concerned. Um, and so the first, uh, what we're doing is a, 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 a quick um, and in-depth and, and deep, and I know that's, those, those words are not usually used together, um, look at some of our policies to make sure that we make the necessary changes to update them. So tonight we'll be looking at chapter one, I believe it's called, of our policies. Uh, we also had a first read, so we'll have a first and a second read of our, uh, of, uh, at, the, at the Student Success and Policy, that's why it's called the Policy uh, Committee. And so there will be, uh, tonight you'll have a first look at some of the, the policies that we also took a look at and had some suggestions as to potentially how to make them better. So I would, if you haven't already looked at them before um, we look, before we get there, I would, um, I would ask you to look especially at the, the first chapter um, and I want to, again, call out particularly Trustee Chisty, who had some very specific and very good ideas as to how to improve them for accessibility um, and for uh, making sure, in one case, that the trustees actually receive materials, whether they're closed or open sessions, uh, in a timely and advanced manner. So I don't know if any of the other uh, trustees would like to speak to any of those things, but I will open that up if they want. Okay, do we have any questions or comments for Chair Selby, um, student trustee Villalobos? Uh, yes, it's more of a, a more of a, a comment. Um, as far as when, when we were talking about the uh, Puente program and the presentation, the Puente program, uh, I, I did share narratives uh, of how uh, the students that I met through the Puente program, I, I still connect with them. And I'm, some of those students are the ones that I've been helping with uh, registration and so forth. And and um, at the same time, uh, this this space has created a sense of uh, familia and community. And, and so having adequate funding for a Puente program is, is very beneficial for the success of, of the students that participate and potential students that are going to be part of uh, Puente uh, program to come. Thank you. 
Um, are there any other comments or questions for Chair Selby? Okay. Um, let's move on to the Chancellor's report. Uh, thank you, President Davila, and I will uh, be brief with a couple of updates as the uh, committee reports uh, encompassed many of the items that we are uh, collectively working on as a college community. I did get a chance over the last several weeks to uh, engage with our student parent advisory board. Uh, that is a uh, neat opportunity to learn more uh, about the programs and some of the initiatives that uh, are on the horizon for uh, student parents, not only I think we lost Chancellor Martin. Future? You're, you're frozen, oh. Chancellor. Oh. Yeah, you oh. froze for a minute. Yeah, let me, okay, looks like uh, I'm back on. So uh, the Student Parent Advisory Board had an opportunity to uh, engage with them. Uh, one of the items that uh, we're going to collectively uh, work on here is our uh, website and the information that we have available publicly in respects to uh, lactation spaces on our campus, as well as increasing the number of spaces here in the near future. So we look forward to having a website that includes all of that information. Uh, great comments at the Student Parent Advisory Board in respects to engaging the centers. A lot of the times the conversation can be uh, specific to the Ocean Campus, but making sure that we are pulling the centers into the conversation uh, to ensure that they have proper spaces for their student parents uh, is something that we look forward to continuing to do and bringing more information back here to the college community. Another item that I wanted to share is I had a great meeting uh, with the student trustee and the student chancellor. Uh, two of the items that uh, I wanted to bring to the college community's attention. Uh, the first is looking at the ad code process. That is something that uh, has been communicated uh, from the students as an opportunity uh, for us to improve our registration system. So looking at how we add students uh, to our classes. I know that's a conversation uh, that is happening at the departmental and the division level, uh, but really connecting that conversation to the student experience is something that we hope to do uh, through technology discussions, as well as discussions in respects to future iterations of our registration system. Another item that we talked about was the concept of student stipends and how we could potentially get to a point uh, where we can issue stipends for students for uh, above and beyond uh, engagement with uh, campus groups and our governance system. Uh, our students take time away from their studies, from their family, from their work, employment, uh, to engage in our uh, college community. So how can we uh, provide forms of compensation uh, or stipends uh, if the Student Executive Council approves them and we have a process to issue those. So that is something that uh, I hope to bring back uh, more information on, but the student stipends for governance uh, engagement is something that I look forward to taking that conversation to the next level. I also wanted to share that we did uh, get connected with uh, an outside company who is interested in fundraising uh, for the Diego Rivera mural and potentially when we bring it back to City College, uh, not only the concept of uh, a possible transition home, uh, but the long term, uh, you know, location for the mural. Uh, so right now we're, we're just kind of bouncing ideas around in respects to how to fundraise money uh, for the mural, but that is something that I did want to share. Uh, and once we get a little bit more honed in on specifics and fundraising mechanisms, 
Uh, that is something that I look forward to getting campus feedback on uh, here in the later part of the fall semester. But those uh, conversations uh, have started in regards to fundraising uh, for the mural. Another item that I wanted to touch base on is the communicable disease uh, policy. Our health and welfare committee, our campus committee has started the conversation about reviewing our administrative procedure in respects to communicable diseases, really aligning uh, some of the language that's in the policy or the procedure now uh, with updated uh, language uh, issued by uh, not only the CDC, but uh, state and local health uh, guidance as well. Uh, so that work has started. We look forward to future uh, iterations uh, of those conversations as that makes, it way makes its way through our full governance process. But I did want to share with the trustees and the college community uh, that the health and welfare uh, or the health and safety committee has started those conversations. I also wanted to bring the trustees up to speed uh, and thank uh, Trustee Selby for her time in welcoming uh, the director of SFMTA onto our campus. Uh, to talk about how we can make City College more bicycle friendly. Uh, we looked at some access points uh, in regards to the Unity Plaza and then back towards uh, the Havelock Bridge and looking at how uh, bicycles make their way through and around our campus and brainstormed ideas on how we could potentially uh, make City College and our physical location at the Ocean uh, Campus more bicycle friendly. So that is a, a conversation that will land at our facilities committee uh, here in the near future. But I did want to share that uh, SFMTA is very interested in partnering with City College to make our local area uh, more bicycle friendly. I also wanted to touch base on uh, the last item in respects to uh, Mid-semester flex day. Uh, I wanted to take a moment and thank our professional development committee uh, for putting together a great uh, day of events. And wanted to also take a moment and uh, thank once again the presenters of uh, the flex day who took uh, a lot of time to prepare uh, meaningful and relevant uh, presentations for our entire campus. Uh, one of the uh, brief presentations that we look forward to bringing back at a more expanded level. Uh, was our chief uh, Mario Vasquez did a presentation on uh, campus safety. So as we have more people back on campus and as we're getting used to uh, being back on campus every day, uh, really revisiting some of our uh, established uh, policies and procedures in respects to uh, evacuation or different types of occurrences that could happen on campus and where those resources are at. Uh, really at the departmental level, uh, at the building level, and then at the college level. Uh, we look forward to rolling out more campus safety trainings here in the later part of the fall, uh, now that we're uh, back on campus in a much broader uh, context now. So with that said, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to provide these brief updates, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that trustees may have. Thank you. I have a couple for you. Um trying to raise my hand but that's not working okay so um i had a question about the ad code policies does that include the expanded wait list that we had discussed before it it not necessarily the expansion of the numbers uh, on the wait list or number of spots on the wait list but how students from the wait list get into the class uh, the ad code discussion would connect uh, those two dots. So that is something that would be a part of it, yes. 
So we would be able to just automatically open up a new section once uh, 20 was hit, for example? Not, not necessarily open up a new section is that if a student uh, is not uh, enrolled in a class and they want to add into the class, it's looking at that process on how that student can add into a class that they are not currently enrolled in. So that's the add code process that we're looking at uh, in the immediate future because it connects with our registration system work. Uh, so that's the distinction between the two. Okay. And this is supposed to be part of our new registration system, correct? It, it, the process of how a student adds into a class will be a part of our new registration system. But until we get to that point, we do think there's improvements that could be made uh, in our existing process uh, as it stands today. And I think that's where we're really trying to focus on uh, here for the spring semester uh, with registration right around the corner. Okay, and um, second thing I wanted to ask you about was, I'm really happy to hear about Havelock Bridge since I'm the one that brings it up all the time at the facilities meeting. And I'm happy to hear that the SFMTA is concerned about it. And um, what we were trying to do is negotiate with the city for that little strip of land adjacent to the uh, tennis court so that students would have an area to walk and they wouldn't have to walk in the street. So um, is there, maybe we should be discussing this at a future uh, facilities meeting and have someone from SFMTA talk to us about that. I, I think that would be a, a great addition to a future agenda. Okay, so I'm just putting Chair Rizzo on notice before I call on him to add the Havelock Bridge and SFMTA to the next facilities meeting. Trustee Rizzo or Vice President Rizzo? Uh, yes, was that uh, um, Jeffrey Tumlin who, who toured the uh, Ocean Campus? Uh, yes, that is correct. And and uh, I, I guess you he you you took him by the uh, the, the Havelock Bridge and and uh, some of the other areas of interest. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Director Tumlin uh, did have some areas that he came prepared with uh, in respects to bicycle uh, opportunities uh, from SFMTA's perspective. That's that's really great to hear. I'm really uh, excited about that. Thank you, <clears throat> and thank you, Trustee Selby. <clears throat> Yeah, I was just going to add, uh, uh, Vice President, that um, I was astounded at, and, and President Davila at how bad that strip of land is um, next to the Havelock Bridge. So I do think that there's a lot of work to be done there. And the other person who was there who you should invite as well, I think, is Tom McGuire, who is the um, head of the streets division, as it's now called. So um, if you're inviting a uh, 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 Director Tumlin, I would definitely invite uh, Tom McGuire because he's he's much closer to it. Okay. Um, is that all? Uh, well, I, I just wanted to add, we at the facilities committee, we had a, a couple of, uh, uh, we took a couple of tours of the Ocean Campus facilities and, and on one of them, we did go out to the Havelock Bridge uh, and and uh, check out that uh, area, which I have to agree with Trustee uh, Davila, it looks very dangerous. So um, um, yeah, we're, we're gonna, that's one area we'll keep on working on. Great, so maybe in November. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> Sounds good. Any other questions for the chancellor? Okay, is there any public comment? Linda? No, there is not. Okay. So why don't we move to stakeholder reports? Thank you very much, Chancellor. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you. Um, stakeholder reports, we have Academic Senate report, Mitra Sapienza. Hello, everyone. Oh, you're here. <laughs> nice to see you all. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, I will go ahead and get started. Uh, so this is to, uh, Hello to all of the trustees and to Chancellor Martin and uh, our vice chancellors and college community. I do hope that everyone is well. Um, I will start by reporting on uh, sort of in reverse chronological order here. Uh, at yesterday's Academic Senate Executive Council meeting, students, faculty, and community partners uh, connected to the motorcycle maintenance program shared concerns about the future of this program concerns that I and the other academic Senate officers uh, look forward to digging into deeper with Chancellor Martin in collegial consultation. We've already begun those conversations and I'm looking forward to, to more of those. And I wanted to share with our community that uh, the academic Senate does want to ensure that the processes outlined for uh, program discontinuance are followed if needed. And if not, uh, understanding what recourse we do have to ensure that the courses in this area continue to be offered um, and, and especially how best to communicate this with the campus community. So this was a concern from, from our uh, meeting yesterday. Um, we also had uh, faculty and guests in yesterday's meeting share their exhaustion as they continue to fight to preserve their areas of the college while also desperately trying to maintain their physical and mental health. As we continue to reopen, we are faced with immense issues with facilities and processes that are not currently serving those in need right now. So as we continue to work together to build long-term solutions, we are currently not meeting some of our short-term needs. Uh, this is another item that we are uh, committed to and locked in to discussion with Chancellor Martin and uh, uh, senior leadership in collegial consultation. Um, I do not want this to uh, shadow the hard work of uh, Associate Vice Chancellor uh, Alberto Vasquez and his team. Um, we are making strides and we're looking forward to continuing to make strides and to continue to improve in this area. Um, and again, in, in process and in the way that we're communicating with our, with our uh, campus community. Uh, so that was sort of the, sort of the initial uh, tone of our meeting yesterday, but I also wanted to share that uh, on the way to the executive council meeting, um, I stopped in uh, for the favorite lecture series, which is uh, led, I believe designed and led by Vice Chancellor Jesse Lee. Um, so yesterday before our Senate meeting, um, I was uh, privileged to spend time uh, in a session that was really reminding us of the power of VASA, which is the ocean and all of the potential 
potentials that are released in the ebb and flow of so many things around us. Um, yesterday, we heard from Dr. David Matthew Polita. I'm sorry, Dr. David Gopu Matthew Polita, and I and I hope that uh, Dr. Polita will correct my pronunciation um, in in private. Uh, he lectured yesterday on uh, his lecture was called Vasa Ocean, the space that is sacred. Um, and as I mentioned, this is part of a, a lecture series uh, from faculty. And it was a really wonderful way to reinforce and be reminded of the educational excellence at CCSF uh, through the lessons of Vasa and also the through the many, many accomplishments of Dr. Polita himself. Uh, at the risk of getting choked up here, I just want to say how proud I am to work uh, at an institution alongside Dr. Polita. Um, I'm going to go off script a tiny bit here because I also wanted to take this opportunity to share um, an event that's happening on October 27th. Um, this is the 13th year anniversary of the Telenoa series at CCSF, and if I may, um, with everyone's permission, drop uh, the flyer in the chat, and um, we will all recognize uh, the spotlight uh, on the, the brilliance of our student trustee uh, that is spotlighted here. So I do hope uh, that we can all uh, engage in that. So let me go back to my script. Um, moving along, uh, there's lots, lots to report. Uh, at our October 5th Academic Senate meeting, we endorsed a state Academic Senate resolution. Um, and this resolution um, is focused on incorporating diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism, and accessibility uh, principles explicitly into Title V language. So, um, this is a resolution that, uh, that was created here at City College um, with input from sister colleges around the area and also our state academic senate leaders. Um, but just to give you a little bit of background, I'm very proud of this work um, because I think it could, could make a system-wide impact. But as, we, uh, as, as you trustees are familiar uh, in many of my visits and, and previous academic senate president visits, to your retreats and to uh, in these board reports, we are very regularly ref referencing Title V and Education Code to help define the role of the Academic Senate. Uh, there was a realization early this year that inclusivity, diversity, equity, and accessibility and anti-racism were missing as explicit mentions in the Title V language that governs the Academic Senate. Uh, in the areas of 10 plus one. So the resolution that um, I'm sharing with you today calls on the state chancellor's office to work with the state academic senate to revise California Code of Regulations, Title V, Section 53200. I know that's on the tip of everyone's tongues, um, which is really what governs the academic senate. Helen. The hope is that the suggested revisions will inspire systems-wide improvements that impact all academic and professional matters 
and influence collegial consultation in these areas. So uh, this resolution was endorsed by the CCSF Student Equity Strategies Committee. Thank you to co-chairs Christina Yanwaria and Lillian Villarraza. This is a cross-constituency academic senate committee uh, who, who endorsed it. And uh, this was also endorsed by our own local academic senate executive council. Um, last Friday, we presented it to our area B colleagues around the state, and they also endorse this. So this resolution will now move forward to the state academic Senate plenary uh, and be voted on uh, on November 5th uh, by delegates statewide. Um, and I also wanna do a, a special shout out here to Chancellor Martin, who um, has has also formally formally articulated his support and endorsement for this uh, this work. Uh, just a few other items here. I also wanted to share uh, spotlight uh, that over the past few weeks, the Academic Senate has been working in collaboration with administrators, department chairs, and faculty to develop a credit for prior learning task force. Uh, I think this is relevant here and spotlighted here because it aligns directly with a uh, board policy 6.30 and administrative procedure of the same number 6.30. So this task force, uh, uh, if, if folks aren't familiar with credit for prior learning is um, we've comprised of a task force of various department leads uh, in a number of disciplines. Um, that are working to create and establish CCSF credit for prior learning process, which would offer students streamlined access to attaining course credits for eligible prior learning. Um, so to, to, to quote a little bit from some of our state guidance, um, credit for prior learning awards credit for validated college level skills and knowledge gained outside of a college classroom. So it's a strategy to grant students credit for what they already know and what they already can do. Uh, credit for prior learning can help advance students towards certificate and degree completion. And this benefits um, students who hold, uh, for example, and not only restricted to this, but this really does isolate sort of benefits for students who hold industry certifications or are graduates of public service academies or have undergone military training as a few examples. And since half of the target populations for credit for prior learning are students of color, this also has the potential to also be one of one effector arm in closing equity gaps. So I wanna thank uh, Vice Chancellor Jesse Lee um, my my uh, my predecessors in the academic senate for getting this uh, ball rolling, um, former uh, president Simon Hansen, and all the others who have come before, who I am not aware. But also big thanks to articulation officer Rachel Cohen for really supporting this process. Um, I have a little bit of a list here, so other highlights uh, that. Uh, I wanted to include tonight in this report since our last report is that the, the Academic Senate has uh, approved uh, Institutional Learning Outcomes 1 assessment report. Big thanks to the Student Learning Outcomes Coordinators, Janie Skinner and Andrea Niosi. Um, 
We also endorse the 2022-2025 Student Equity and Achievement Plan. Uh, big, big thanks to the stalwart leadership of Associate Dean Tessa Brown and all of the students, classified staff, faculty, and administrators who worked on the, on the writing teams for that. Um, we've also in, endorsed, uh, as of yesterday, yes, yesterday, uh, the 2023 Institutional Self-Evaluation Report. I just want to, ongoing thanks to ABC Kristen Charles and biology faculty and our very own first vice president of the Academic Senate, Sherry Moralia, for, for their leadership. Just a couple more. Uh, we also created a new Academic Senate committee uh, dedicated to open education resources and zero textbook, textbook cost initiatives. Uh, this endeavor is led by uh, biology faculty and our OER uh, state liaison, Ying Lu. Thank you for your leadership. Um, and we also had uh, time and the privilege to uh, host a legislative update from uh, a faculty association for California Community Colleges president, Wendy Brill Winkoop. Whew, it's a lot. Um, thank you all so much for your time and the opportunity to share the con not only the concerns, but our ongoing work and, and many, many, as you can see and hear, accomplishments uh, of the faculty and the Academic Senate. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Um, Mitra Sapienza, that was really great. And I think we have some comments on it. Uh, Trustee Rizzo? Yes, thank you. Um, that You guys have uh, certainly been busy. Uh, that's, um, that's a lot of stuff. It's great to hear um, what the Academic Senate uh, is, is doing. I just wanted to point out that um, uh, regarding the, the uh, motorcycle, maintenance uh, program. I, I got an email about, about it uh, and asked the chancellor about it. And it seems that there's a false rumor going around that, that has made its way to the academic Senate that, that the administration is, is going to cancel that program. And um, that, that those discussions are not happening in the administration, according to <laughs> Chancellor Martin. So there is, there is a false rumor going around. So um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the administration is gonna bring a discontinuance uh, of that program uh, to the academic Senate. <clears throat> so I just wanted to point that out. So <laughs> that's all, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Trustee Rizzo. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I also appreciate the conversations that I've been afforded to have with Chancellor Martin about this directly. Um, I think that what we have is a perception, which um, as we all know, when there's a perception, um, it, it sort of overrides the facts. Um, and so this is just a concern that we uh, wanted to make sure we were reporting on so that everyone's aware and so that we can do exactly what you're suggesting, which is to make sure that we're following process and we're also communicating uh, what those outcomes are to the community so that we're all on the same page. So I am very optimistic that we will we will get there. Appreciate your, your feedback. Thank you. Okay, and does anybody else have um, any comments or questions? for the chair of the Academic Senate. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for that report. So glad to see you in person. Well, kind of in person. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Now we have um, the classified Senate President's report. Maria Salazar Colon. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Um, the classified Senate met yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And um, a couple concerns. One is um, for the video uh, media design department, um, we were told that they have some Mac laptops that they ordered like two years ago. And for whatever reason, they have not been released to the classified worker and are the faculty over there. And so I don't know what the holdup is and why, but um, that is uh, halting or not actually, they're not able to provide services to the students and to the community when that's being halted. They are working on broken down um, Mac computers and that's not okay. So whoever's doing that, whether it's uh, administered or not, no one should be holding up, um, you know, equipment that, that classified workers need to provide services. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, another thing that we're hearing um, that's becoming very universal for whatever reason at this college is when um, classified want to take some kind of time off that you have some administrators who, for whatever reason, um, want to talk them out of that. Um, just so you know, when you do that, and the reason why I'm bringing that here is because I want everyone to know when you talk a worker out of taking their time off, you're putting the college in more of a financial liability, okay? And those hours are not given to anybody, they're earned. So everybody has the right to um, take their time off. No one goes around talking to any administrator from taking time off. Actually, we encourage it, right? So the same thing should happen for classified employees. Another thing is uh, when, I mean, the, the chancellor came in, reported to it. He actually gave a really good report on the different um, um, buildings and for facilities, the, the different work that's going to be happening with the bigger um, picture projects, which is which was actually actually really good, and we appreciate it. What classified would like to know and have more knowledge of is the little projects. I think a lot of times as we have new people in facilities, and I say new compared to the ones we have from before, is that when you do little projects like such as gonna pull up tile or something on the floor that you really should really check and to make sure that in some of these old buildings that we have, when you do that, then you may be creating a, um, a hazardous um, environment. Maybe there's some asbestos or something, but I don't wanna alarm everybody. There might be something in there that can cause some kind of um, health problems. So you really want to make sure you're not doing that and actually work with the with the classified employees um, or make sure they're informed and what's going to happen with them when those kind of little type of jobs like that um, gets done. That will be great. And just to end on a more positive note, um, I just want all classified to know in case you haven't been told, because a lot of times we don't get told or recognize or acknowledge um, so I want to acknowledge you all tonight for classified employees that the outstanding job and the services you have been providing in the climate that we all have been in has been nothing short but wonderful. And I just want you all to know that, uh, I don't want to get emotional, 
But I just want you all to know that I just think you're outstanding and I appreciate every single one of you and we are valued. So if anybody hasn't told you, you're awesome. Good night, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, now, is there any um, questions before we move on to uh, Carl Gamara, Service Employees International Union, President's Report? Are you guys ready? Any questions for Maria or you guys are good? No, Carl, my movie star voice, I am not taking any <laughs> questions tonight. Thank you. All right. All right. Good evening, trustees and chancellor. I'm here this evening to update on a few things. We have been working with the district to finish up some outstanding items from our last contract and hope to finish up quickly. Our chapter met yesterday and we are in the process of electing a negotiating team. And we look forward to negotiating a new contract with the district that is fair and equitable for all SEIU members. Also coming up is our Educational Industry Summit that will be held in Vacaville, California on Saturday, October 29th. The summit will have various education workshops for our members. I want to thank Maria Salazar Colon, who is our chapter vice president, as well as our school industry chair, and all the other SEIU helpers for the work they have been doing to put the summit together for our members. But before I go, I also want to thank all our SEIU members here at the college for all the hard work they have been doing with the minimal staffing. And I hope the district recognizes and continues to work with us to make sure our staffing levels are adequate for our students, community, and making sure we can provide the services they need and that workers are treated fairly and not just given more work with challenges that challenges our services we provide and leads to more demoralization of our workforce. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so now we have um, AFT Local 2121 President's Report. Mary Brave Woman. Hi, good morning. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. I can't turn my camera on, but I guess I'll just go cameraless then. Um, good evening. This is Alan D'Souza, Vice President of AFT 2121. Uh, and librarian, I'm standing in for Mary Braverman, who can't be with us this evening. I want to share a few things. Uh, despite October being one of our warmer months and true winter conditions just a few weeks out, there are already several reports of freezing temperatures in our buildings. We've heard similar reports from Rosenberg Library and Science Hall, but I want to call your attention to the extremely uncomfortable conditions faculty and students are enduring in Batnall Hall and Visual Arts. It has been so cold with heating systems failing that they are wearing parkas indoors. Some can't type because their fingers are so stiff and making it a challenge just to meet with students. We've heard that at least one student is considering dropping their class because of the colds. It's only October and our real winter approaches. This will only get worse unless a solution is found. Portable heaters are not an option as these spaces in the spaces of they've already blown fuses in the past. We realize the board doesn't have firsthand experience here as you continue to meet remotely and lose the opportunity to see and hear directly what's happening in our buildings. We strongly urge the board to return to in-person meetings and interact face-to-face, -face, just as the majority of the college does with the community, with the college community. The working and learning conditions need your attention. What will it take 
for you to take action immediately. The next item, we've already talked in various other constituencies um, about the motorcycle program. At the start of this semester, five motorcycle classes were cut suddenly. You've heard testimonies about students who are one class away from certificate completion being turned away without notice. And now for the first 20 years, there will be no motorcycle classes on the class schedule for spring 2023. Now here, we're gonna be in consultation and try to remedy that. But what will happen to those students who are still hoping to complete next spring if the classes are not added? Now we understand that the schedule is in early drafts. However, now is the time for the college to add in those courses and avoid disaster for our students or else the college will find itself in another 10, to, 10 plus one violation. When trustees made their layoff vote decision based on the claim that programs would be preserved, we hope that it was a true consideration, but it appears to be another ruse. So please don't let it be. Restore those motorcycle classes today. On a more positive note, right? So it's good to have some positive news. Uh, there's a great possibility of bringing new money into the college while expanding medical insurance to cover more employees. The governor signed a bill just a few weeks back and it went into effect immediately that set aside $200 million in stable ongoing funding to support expansion of medical benefits for adjunct faculty. This means the state of California will reimburse City College for the cost of medical coverage for part-time faculty. In other words, they'll be reimbursing us for money we're already spending. For City College, that's a windfall estimated at about $1.6 million. Reimbursement also means funds would have, that would have been spent on part-time faculty would remain available for all faculty. For the college to become eligible for this program, we would need to expand the number of part-time faculty we're covering. The cost of that expansion is built into the reimbursement plan. We would also need to cover part-time faculty who serve at least a 40% load. And we need to participate in a program that would cover medical insurance for faculty who work that same 40% load spread across multiple colleges. So we're already doing two of the four factors of the, the two factors we would need to add. I urge the board to explore this program, expand medical coverage to more of our faculty. We have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And finally, we encourage the entire college community to flex their rights this November and vote yes on Prop O and elect college leadership that reflects the needs of our students. Thank you and have a good evening. Okay. And now we have um, Administrators Association co-chairs report, Stephanie Chenard. Good evening. Um, so, we are in October now, and the bulk of the first draft of the, uh, for the spring schedule is now in. The administrators have been working hard to support their chairs and department coordinators in this process. This involves double checking and doing some rescheduling, addressing and resol resolving a full stack of issues and staffing concerns, as well as working on forward and long-term planning. We are examining how we can best serve our students with the current menu of resources available to best navigate their edu educational goals. We are also in the thick of our comprehensive program review process. 
Administrators are steeped in writing, reviewing, and evaluating reports for each of their divisions and departments. This process is an opportunity for each department to highlight how we are delivering, delivering services to our community that align with the college's mission, how we're addressing gaps in programming, and attempt to adapt to the current community and workforce needs. This program review process is also a key time for the different schools and divisions within the college to be able to identify areas where prospective categorical funding may be leveraged to help augment and benefit the programs and attend to ongoing and newly ascertained needs. We have not only been working diligently to support our own department leadership in the, re in the review process, but also to engage a higher level strategic planning process to work toward long-term sustainability of our programs. And all of this is with intention in how we are investing in DEI and aligning these strategies with the college's student equity plan and leading discussions on how equity is baked into our programming. We have made quite a bit of progress, but we still have a lot of work ahead of us. In the meantime, when we're not in scheduling and program review um, madness, we are also, as administrators, supporting our football games. Um, we are uh, led by our own Dean of Allied Health and Physical Education, Dr. Edie Kuiper. Uh, she is leading administrators to help facilitate support for this football games coming up. We have two, one, I think this weekend, and then we have another one in November. So come on out and support our CCSF players. Uh, we are also working on pulling together hiring committees to backfill um, uh, several vacancies that we have right now so that we can continue to try and deliver support to our academic programs. Um, many of the administrators have been meeting with outside partners and employers and community organizations about how we are currently meeting needs and what's coming up down the pipeline so that we can start to prepare and plan for those. Uh, we are also starting to um, get together a, a coalition, or not a coalition, so a collective of donating to the food pantry, which the students can access. Um, and we are working on our, so not only individually donating to the, the, the food pantry, but also as a committee. And lastly, we are taking a minute to to step back to retool our scholarship program. So the AAEC has had a scholarship program that we have instituted for uh, for students. And so we are taking a look at that to see how it's been implemented and how we can best complement a lot of the other programs that are um, giving some scholarships out there. And that is um, short and sweet for our report for this month. Thank you so much. Um, and now we have a department chair council president's report, Darlene Alioto, who is not here, I believe. Um, Linda? Hi, Trustee Davila. I, I'm here in place of uh, Darlene. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, good evening, Chancellor Martin and Board of Trustees. I'm Jessica Buxbaum, Chair of the ESL Department, and I'm honored to be here tonight filling in for Darlene Alioto and representing the DCC. I'd like to share several items with you tonight. 
First of all, as Stephanie mentioned, chairs are in the middle of the comprehensive program review process. Departments spent flex day meetings discussing student data, reviewing the challenges and achievements of the last several years, and delving into strategic planning for the future. We would like to thank Pam Mary and the Office of Research for their work on the amazing data tableau they created to help chairs with data analysis for program review. With an eye to best serving students, reducing equity gaps and improving outcomes, chairs are working hard to update programs and services. The comprehensive program review process is an opportunity to reflect and imagine the future. We envision a college where students are supported equitably, where students can pursue their goals, grow, and flourish in programs that offer the classes they need when they are needed. For many of our departments, especially those that have endured full-time layoffs and are now on impacted status, that future is becoming harder and harder to realize. Reinstating full-time faculty and hiring additional part-time faculty will be critical to the ongoing success of our programs. Many programs are having to turn students away because we don't have the resources anymore to provide the classes students need. Some students can no longer complete their certificates and degrees in a timely manner because programs no longer are able to schedule the faculty they need in the classes that students need. For what, to take one example, our BIMA program can no longer offer the range of audio skills training students need, so students are being referred to Laney College. Many chairs had already included the need for part-time and full-time faculty hiring or reinstatement in our program review resource requests as we plan for the future. With this in mind, I, can, I hope you can understand why we were disappointed to receive a memo from Chancellor Martin after hours on Friday evening. The memo informed us that we should not request full-time faculty positions in our program review. This was demoralizing to say the least. While all of us are aware of the college's financial situation, we still need the opportunity to advocate for our students and programs. A blanket prohibition on requests for full-time faculty positions ignores the complexity of our human resources. Faculty may retire, go on leave, or resign. Departments and programs need to plan ahead so that programs can continue to successfully and equitably serve students. The second item I'd like to bring to your attention is to really appreciate the work of everyone who has been involved in the online course development process. The college is working to leave behind emergency temporary distance education. And we want to acknowledge the advocacy of faculty in the online training work group and the DLAC committee. And to send gratitude to Fred Teddy and the distance education addenda subcommittee of the college curriculum committee. They have reviewed and approved more DEAs in the last two months than in all of last semester. 
And we'd also like to appreciate the tireless efforts of the Online Learning and Educational Technology Department, Cynthia Dewar, Jen Keensla, and many others have put in the extra effort to get a large number of courses developed and faculty trained to teach fully online. Our online course offerings are seeing strong student demand. Being fully trained and having courses developed will allow us to continue to meet students' needs in this area. Another item to bring to your attention is that chairs would like to know more about the budgeting process and how dollar amounts are allocated to particular budget orgs and accounts. Chairs are hoping for more up-to-date and detailed information about their department budgets. We'd like to better understand how decisions are made, both about dollar amounts and FTEF allocations to our departments and programs. We hope to see more frequent, specific, and detailed sharing of budget information by department so that chairs can make informed decisions when designing schedules and assigning faculty. Finally, the chairs also commend the current effort to develop an RFP for a new registration system for the college. For years, we've heard from students that the registration system is confusing, hard to navigate, and not intuitive. We fear that students have been turned away because of our complicated systems. We are hopeful that a new system will provide all students an intuitive user experience so that they can register easily. This is critical to the mission of the college to provide diverse communities with excellent educational opportunities and services and to provide an accessible, affordable, and high quality education to all its students. On behalf of the DCC, I wanna thank you so much for your support of our students and programs. Have a great evening. Thank you. Okay, um, Linda, do we have any public comment? No, we do not. Okay, so let's go to the monthly budget update and we have Vice Chancellor John Alamine. Good morning, Trustee Davila, trustees, Chancellor, administration and guests. Um, we presented at the budget subcommittee last week, the following report. Um, there are no changes. We currently are in the process of completing our annual 311 report. Um, so we will be running new updates and processing uh, more receivables, both in terms of receipts and checks. We're just processed some checks today as well as invoices, which is why you see for September 22nd, and this report was run as of last week or prior week, uh, October the 11th, we only had basically received roughly about 24,000 in income. So we have a number of updates that we will make and we'll have ready for the uh, next board meet, next subcommittee and next board meeting. Um, we wanted to respond to a request regarding review or comparison between same time prior year. So we'll be doing this each quarter, um, presenting the current quarter months as well as the prior year quarter so the individuals can do a comparison, as you can see again from revenue. Uh, same time at the end of September last year, uh, we'd received roughly about $36 million. Um, as of today, we received 13. So having cash on hand is at this point, 
extremely important because we haven't yet received all the revenue from the state as we have in, in the past. So that's one of the things that having good cash flow assists us with. Um, as you can see, as you go down though the chart and looking at the expenditures per area, the difference between our quarter uh, expenditures for fiscal year 22 and this year, we're slightly under where we were last year, which is not a bad thing. Um, but basically we're still on track and that's pretty consistent if you will go down through each of the categories with the exception of benefits, we spent roughly about 12 million this time last year. We do have our OPEB uh, part of the journal uh, transactions that occur with the city um, is that basically this is charged uh, near the end of every month and we pay the total sum for our OPEB at the end of the year. Um, so there are journal entries that are made to adjust the actual monthly amounts. So as you can see, if you look on each of the months, um, we spent roughly in prior year, we spent roughly about 1.8, 1.9 million for line item number 34. You only see half of those expenditures and that deals with in part the delay in the processing of this expense. But for the most part, the budget uh, we are trending downward. If you, if you need notice from services, there still are some contracts and the like that um, we have not yet uh, encumbered yet, particularly as we look at dealing with the registration system. We've had conversations about that, um, as well as dealing with some equipment purchases. One of the big items that occurred last quarter that didn't occur this year is the expense last July of roughly $2.9 million which was related to our playing catch up on our CERP payments. We now are on track to pay CERP at, during the month of May. That's when the bill is due by June 15th. We get invoiced at the end of April. So that's missing from this year's quarter report. And the other addition that we had last quarter that's missing in this year is the 1.5 million, which is in fees and other, which were attributable to our audit finding repayment. So that's why you don't see those costs in this year's quarter. And those are two huge items um, in consideration to the overall cost. That's basically a swing of about $4 million. So between uh, those items, that's the difference between the 7.3 million we spent in the 5,000 series last quarter and the 2.7 that we spent to date. Um, but again, you know, we still are in a process of getting invoices reconciled for each of the prior months. Um, we're working on doing some improvements so that we can begin the process of closing our books um, by no later than 30 to 45 days after the prior month, um, which means that we need to get invoices uh, and other items that are, would allow us to do this, get that process sooner. Um, as, and we are waiting for additional receipts from the state. So with that, um, there are no concerns to bring to the board at this time. Um, if there are any changes, uh, we'll bring them up to the subcommittee and then to the full board. So with that, I would just like to open it up for any questions, if there are any. Okay, any questions from the board? They're a little shy. No, it's okay.
Okay, trustee. I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't have a question. I don't know if somebody else did, but I have a comment, which is the reason I don't have a question is it seems like there's a lot of uh, things that are going to be happening that aren't quite in here yet. And so I look forward to next month when I think it sounds like there's going to be a lot, lot more uh, in here for us to talk about. Okay, I guess that would be correct, AVC Alamin. Um, the only, we do have some invoices that need to be processed in certain areas, but the main, if you know, the main portion of our budget is salary and benefits. And so we, there are some adjustments and some changes that are made. Um, there are some items within the services section that services and equipment that we have not yet encumbered. Um, but those are still in the process, they're still in process. And as soon as those charges hit our, uh, our reconciliation, then they'll be reflected in the report. Okay, thank you. Uh, any public comment on this? Linda? No, there is not. Okay, so let's go ahead and um, move forward if there's no more questions to um, the Action items, 10A, adoption of the Board of Trustees 2022-23 board goals. Uh, yes, President Double, if I may uh, provide a little bit of background and context. So this item uh, presented this evening is uh, an effort to close the loop on the uh, final process of adopting the uh, current year board goals. Uh, as you may remember, and the, the college community may remember, we did have uh, a very a robust discussion uh, over the summer at the board retreat in, regarding, uh, in regards to developing and, and formulating these board goals. Uh, board goals ad hoc committee uh, has convened and uh, provided some additional updates uh, to the board goals. And now the final part of the process is an adoption of the board goals. So that is uh, the item that is presented tonight. Uh, we do not have uh, any material uh, adjustments from the uh, first draft that the board uh, put together during the summer retreat, uh, but do need uh, the board to approve them so we can officially move forward and start documenting progress towards them, uh, not only for the board's uh, attention, but also our accreditation standards as well. So I would be happy to answer any questions uh, that the trustees may have uh, on the board goals. Okay. Are there any questions, trustees, on the board goals or? Uh, President Davila, I don't have a question, but as a, a, a person who is a, a member of the ad hoc committee, I would be more than happy to move this. Okay. So moved. And uh, Trustee Chisti? Thank you, President Davila. I want to first um, thank all the work that's that's gone into creating this document. Thank you to the ad hoc committee, which I'm usually a part of, but wasn't this time. Um, I think the only thing I just have a comment, and this is more of a, a thought, and I've struggled with our board goals since my time on the board, because I think they're really, really important. And I know we have... Um, seen different tools that we're utilizing to see how we're um, achieving these goals, but I just still feel um, like it's really hard to tell if we're moving the needle. And just um, 
feel like there's some need, I don't know, to narrow this down a bit more and then figure out like, do we do a monthly um, check to see if there's progress that's happening um, towards a specific goal? So um, like I'm particularly interested in board goal one, closing the opportunity gap. And I just feel like it requires more frequent discussion um, and more group discussion than I think it gets right now. So those are just some of my thoughts. I mean, um, kind of just putting it out there that like I, for me, I just, I'm struggling a little bit to see how we're moving the needle uh, on certain things. So thank you. Uh, what about a quarterly check-in on those and so we can get a report? I, I don't know. And, and, and I, I don't know, Chancellor Martin, if you wanted to chime in, I know like I've, I've mentioned this to you as well. So uh, yes, Trustee Chistie, and I think uh, if I'm capturing uh, our conversation correctly, it's looking at, and we do have an opportunity here in the upcoming months, because I do believe it is uh, appropriate for a mid-year review uh, of the board goals. So as we get to December and January, uh, we could bring these back for uh, revisions and or updates. Uh, and if I am capturing our conversation correctly, Trustee Chistie, it's really honing in on maybe uh, a few of these to really uh, emphasize uh, progress and tracking uh, a handful of selected goals from these goals that we can really uh, collectively commit to and move the needle uh, on a few of these specifically. So I hope that captured our conversation. Yes, it does. And I'm, I'm again, just kind of putting it out there for, and this is something we can look into in December and January, but I don't know if other board members um, share a similar sentiment, but um, just I'll leave it at that. Thank you. I think there's a few in the queue now. Uh, Trustee Williams. Yes, thank you, President Davila, and thank you, Trustee Chistie, for your comments. I do um, agree that there needs to be some way to integrate uh, these goals into our actual board activities, whether that be our board committees or some other space where we can um, have these more integrated, because I do um, understand the sentiment that you're expressing, Trustee Chissy, is hard to really grasp where we're sort of interfacing in a way with these goals um, and, and what is sort of the operationalizing of, of, this, of this. So maybe um, President Dabula, it might be great to think about or create an ad hoc committee around how do we operationalize um, these goals and looking at our board committees, um, and some of our other functions as, as trustees and seeing ways that these goals, whichever ones where they fit in terms of um, touch points with the board. Um, so thank you, Trustee Chissie, for your comments. And then uh, President Tavla, I know we were gonna have an ad hoc committee around the DEI um, you know, goals, and I'm really interested in that uh, committee. And I don't know if there's still opportunity to chime in on that. I know it's a big, big you know, task, um, that piece. and. I just want to be involved. So just wanted to point that out. But thank you all for your hard work on this and um, definitely second Trustee Chistie's comments. Okay, fantastic. And thank you for that um, volunteering your talents, Trustee Williams. Um, we have Trustee Selby in the queue. Just a, just a suggestion, I want to first of all uh, agree with um, both of the trustees who just spoke that I think it's, I'm a big fan of not only 
setting goals, but also looking to see if you're actually making those goals. So I, I thank you for that. And Trustee Chissy in particular, I think that the opportunity gap uh, lends itself um, to the uh, to the Student Success and Policy Committee. And perhaps we can regularly review that, whether it's monthly or quarterly, um, to really see what 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 is happening with that. What are we doing? How is this moving forward? I, I do really appreciate the idea and the thought of how do we actually have metrics that show that we are closing gaps, not just sort of saying that we want to uh, want to do so. So thank you. Okay, and then um, I think that's everybody in the queue. Yes. Okay, so um, yes, let's definitely circle back on that. I think there's some good ideas here and maybe we can um, have an ad hoc committee that can develop the metrics that we can see as we move through the year on these. And we'll take um, Chancellor Martin's advice into account here. Okay, so on the next on the list we have, oh, we have to, so Trustee Selby made a motion. Do we have a second? Second. Okay, was that Trustee Chisty? Yes. Okay. Um, can we get a roll call, Linda? Yes. Uh, advisory vote from student trustee Lila Lobos. Aye. President Davila. Aye. Vice President Rizzo. Yes. Trustee Chisty. Aye. Trustee Green. Aye. Trustee Selby. Aye. Trustee Williams? Aye. Trustee Wong? Yes. The motion passes. All right. Moving right along. Okay, so now we have um, A152, resolution continuing Board of Trustees authority to hold virtual meetings pursuant to AB 361. We've done this a few times already. If I may, President Davila, make a recommendation that the consent item be taken as a whole. Okay. Any objections to the consent? I would be happy to move that. Second. Yeah. Okay. So we have all three uh, taken as a whole. Um, and you've moved that, Trustee Selby, and I think I heard... Vice President Rizzo seconded? Yes. Okay. If I uh, may, uh, President Double, as a point of order, the consent item, are we uh, referring to uh, section 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 uh, as the entire consent item? Well, that's a very good question. I was thinking- I would move that uh, the entire- Yes, I, 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 yeah, I, I had meant it that way. Thank you. Second. Very good. Okay, so now we have all the consent items. Is, does anybody want to discuss anything first? Okay, um, Trustee Chisty. Uh, 12A. 12A. Okay. Oh, thank you, Trustee Chisty. Yes. Um, thank you, President Davila. Just want to take um, uh, a moment um, in our board agenda to recognize. Um, 
All, uh, we have folks, faculty that are retiring and just wanna take a moment to recognize their years of service. Um, we also have some employees that have resigned, also wanna take a moment to um, recognize their service to the college. Again, apologies in advance for mispronouncing anyone's name as I call on you um, to thank you for your service. So first up, we have um, Felita Clark. Division is NSCD, uh, years of service at City College, 17 years. Anna Garcia, world languages and culture, 21 years and 10 months. Um, Katerina Miyatovich, um, ESL, uh, 38 years of service. Um, Hui Feng, uh, last name Song, ESL division, 19 years and six months of service. Thank you so much for serving our college community. We have um, for some resignations, Shawnee Heckman, Division of Cinema, 18 years of service. Um, Sherisio Seal Tagorda, Healthcare Technology, two years of service. We thank you. Um, and for classified employees resignations, we have Brian Dar, Library Listening Center, six years of service. Patrick Kai, ITS, two years of service. Mary Lee Evans Auto. Motor, 31 years, and just want to thank um, everyone for the time and um, energy they've contributed to our college. Thank you, Trustee Chisty. Um, I see Chancellor Martin. Uh, yes, President Dablon, and just as a point of context, uh, the uh, college has committed to uh, replacing uh, impacted departments that have retirements by recalling uh, faculty who were laid off last spring. I would like to call to the attention that two ESL faculty are retiring uh, in December. So we are uh, planning and will continue to commit uh, to recalling uh, laid off faculty members to fill those retirements. Uh, with the two ESL recalled employees, uh, I do believe we will have now recalled all of uh, the laid off ESL faculty members. So they will no longer uh, be an impacted department. Uh, and that is something that we have done uh, and will do and will continue to meet the budget expectations in the current year adopted budget. So I wanted to share that for context. Thank you. Okay, and I see uh, Trustee Rizzo's hand. Yeah, so um, uh, with these faculty members re retiring, um, th there are no longer any um, restrictions on um, ESL or ESL hiring for as far as teachers go? In respects to the impacts of the layoffs, that is correct. Uh, they would no longer uh, be an impacted department once uh, the two employees are recalled yeah. and back uh, on our schedule. And so this, uh, this impacts the spring schedule, I would, I would assume? Uh, yes, at this point, we would uh, recall and are planning to recall these individuals to resume uh, regular instructional duties starting in the spring of next year. So as of spring, uh, ESA will have a full full complement of, uh, of teachers, of instructors? Uh, uh, they will no longer be an impacted department, so they will uh, have more flexibility in respects to uh, scheduling and part-time opportunities in the future. Got it. Thank you very much. That's good news. Thank you, uh, Vice President Rizzo. Uh, I see Trustee Green. Yes, uh, this question is for the chancellor as well. I see that uh, Dr. Clark is is retiring 
And that will be a huge loss for the African-American scholastic program. I heard you say that all the retirees uh, will be replaced. Are there plans for her position as well? I just want uh, to make yeah. sure. Uh, Trustee Green, thank you uh, for pointing that out. Uh, yes, there is uh, a plan in place to uh, recall a, a counseling, a faculty counseling member as well uh, to replace Dr. Clark. So that is uh, something that we are uh, preparing for uh, pending approval of these retirements this evening. Thank you. Okay. So if that's it, um, we have a motion to, oh wait, there's one more, Trustee Williams. I apologize, um, President Davila, but I also wanna just uh, make some remarks um, in regards to um, Mrs. Clark and her amazing service um, to the African-American Scholastic Program. I was a little confused because I thought her, <laughs> I saw Felita and not Felicia. So I was like, who? I didn't know if it was the same person, but um, she has given such a tremendous amount uh, to our African-American students and to the City College community. Um, she was definitely part of my journey at City College and just want to really thank her for her service. Thank you, Trustee Williams. Okay, if there's no more comments, it's been moved and seconded. Um, Linda, can we get a roll? Yes. Uh, student Trustee Villalobos advisory vote? Aye. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Aye. Trustee Chisty? Aye. Trustee Green? Aye. Trustee Selby? Aye. Trustee Williams? Aye. Trustee Wong. Yeah. Was that a yes? Is he muted? Yes, that's what I said. There you are. <laughs> Thank you, Trustee Wong. The motion passes. Okay. Okay. Sorry, trying to get my um, screen back up here. There it is. Okay, so now we have um, policies, board policies, uh, 16A165, chapter one board policies for expedited review. This is the second reading and adoption. Uh, yes, President Davila, if I may, uh, these board policies have gone through our governance process, uh, PGC. Uh, has done two reads and recommended uh, these policies to uh, the Student Success and Policy Subcommittee. Uh, the Student Success and Policy Subcommittee, I did do two reads as well of these board policies and forwarding them uh, to the full board uh, for a adoption or pending adoption this evening. Uh, the board policies with the asterisks are the ones with proposed revisions and I'd be happy to answer any questions uh, that the trustees may have. Thank you. Okay. I see uh, Trustee Selby, I was gonna ask you anyway, if you wanted to talk about this. Well, I just, I was actually gonna say something about this next one, which is that it's not the second reading, it's the first reading, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything to say about this, except again, once again, to thank all of the people in the um, Student Success and Policy Committee for their assistance. Okay. So um, 
Why don't we talk about chapters two and three board policies and then take them as a whole? Did you still have your hand up, Trustee Selby? I do not, sorry. Oh, but you wanted to talk about two and three though, correct? Well, I'm just saying it, it, it says here that this is a second reading of chapters two and three, but it's actually only a first reading oh, I of see. chapter two and three. And I, I wanted to make that clear because when we're working, so the way that this is working, which I, I really appreciate all of the hard work that everybody is putting in um, to, to, to make these revisions is that at the Student Success and Policy Committee, we look at this, we look at a, a chapter at a time or even two chapters at a time. And then we bring it for the second reading to the board. And in this case, I think the chancellor wanted to make sure that he was bringing the second and third chapter to the board early, but we still have yet another reading at the Student Success and Policy Committee, that's all. I see, so we should amend that to a first reading. Uh, Chancellor Martin? Yes, President Doblin, I do apologize for the uh, incorrect heading on 16B. Uh, chapters two and three are presented this evening just as information, uh, and ultimately the Student Success and Policy Committee, as Chair Selby mentioned, uh, will take another read at it uh, here uh, in the coming months. So the only item uh, that is uh, needing action this evening uh, is 16A, uh, which has gone through the process in its totality. Okay. So is there a motion for 16A to approve 16A? So moved. Okay, we have a motion by Trustee Selby. Second. Second by Trustee Wong. Uh, Linda? Yes. <clears throat> Student uh, Trustee Villalobos, advisory vote. Aye. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Yes. Trustee Chisti? Aye. Trustee Green? Aye. Trustee Selby? Aye. Trustee Williams? Aye. Trustee Wong? Yeah. The motion passes. Okay, very good. And um, 16B166 will be coming back to us at the next board meeting or? Uh, at a board meeting uh, early in the spring semester or depending okay. on uh, the next student success and policy subcommittee. Okay. And then we have um, board requests for future reports, presentations, and resolutions. And I will take this opportunity to remind um, Trustee Rizzo that we are going to have the Havelock Bridge again. <laughs> and also um, to have AVC Vasquez come back and discuss the um, uh, the program for student hiring and internships and apprentices in the PLA. Thank you. And I see Trustee Selby there. Yeah, I think I think Trustee Chisty bit beat me, but I'll, I'll be quick. No, um, I, I would first. So okay, I would I would love um, an update. Uh, something that's been concerning, not concerning me, but something that I'm sort of excited about is giving. Um, the bond oversight committee, the proper uh, abilities to do their work. And so um, one of the things I'd like to do is request an update um, to the bond oversight committee bylaws. So if we can kind of review the bylaws a little bit and see if we can't strengthen them. Um, I had a conversation with uh, with Ben Rosenfield about, about it and, um, and uh, 
I think we can, I think we can make the bond oversight committee a little bit stronger and make sure that they have all the tools that they need to do a really great job of overseeing uh, the extremely large bond that we have of $845 million. So that is my request. Okay. Um, Trustee Rizzo, have you duly noted that for your? Yes. Okay. Um, is that it? Trustee Selby, you still have your hand up. Oh, okay, now Trustee Chisty. Thank you, President Davila. Um, so I'll first make my request and I'm gonna like kind of add a few comments because um, it's I think it's gonna be a pretty big discussion, but um, I'd like to make a request um, to the chancellor to have a presentation on our um, board policies and how they specifically pertain to how the board operates. And as we prepare our 2023 calendar year. I think it's a fitting discussion, but I've been thinking a lot about our governance structure and um, whether we collectively as a board can, you know, talk about our structure and whether is it working? Um, you know, should we do our committees? Like, is that the best form? Because um, I feel like sometimes I really want to be a part of the budget discussion and maybe there's members that want to be a part of the student success discussion. So is it that maybe we meet more than once a month and we have like ad hoc committees that kind of delve into the nitty gritty? Like, I don't know. So I'm just kind of throwing this idea out and um, would like the board to have a discussion and at look at our governance structure and whether it can be improved. So thank you. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who that's for, but it's I guess for the chancellor. So I'm, I'm requesting that the yeah. chancellor conduct a presentation on our board policies and how it, um, pertains to how the board operates. So chancellor, is there any clarity needed on my end or? Uh, not at this time, Trustee Chisty. I will uh, make sure that uh, we circle uh, back to, to ensure that the, the spirit is met and we'll start working on it. Okay, um, I have one request of the chancellor uh, to discuss our um, enrollment management plan, or at least the outlines of it in the next um, the next board meeting. Uh, yes, we, we can do that. And, and that would fit nicely as it is a board goal uh, that we can connect it to. So we can work on that presentation. Okay, great. Uh, Trustee Williams. Thank you, President Davila. I'm just going to add on to your request in terms of the enrollment update. I think it'd be um, important for us to look at spotlights on certain student populations and look at some historical data around that, because I think just in terms of increasing enrollment, I feel like there are some strategic opportunities with specific student populations. And I think it'd be important to kind of parse out the student population, not just looking at it globally, but really thinking about who's coming specifically today to City College and where have we lost students from specific populations, where have we gained students from other populations, um, just to be able to really um, get a little bit more surgical with our enrollment management um, efforts, um, particularly for us as trustees, because we all have our networks and, and ways that we can help. So thank you. Would that be possible for the next meeting? 
Uh, President Davila, we can get that conversation started, but would not uh, want to limit it to just one meeting. So I think a, a conversation of that importance uh, could uh, continue on through uh, future meetings in the spring. But yes, we can get started on it uh, next month. Okay. And then also, um, I would like to get a report back from the dean of the Mission Campus since there's been a big focus to revitalize that campus. And I'd like to see how that's going and if it could be a model for other um, community campus centers. Okay, so. Um, uh, I trust, trust, I mean, President Davila, could I piggyback onto that? Yeah. It could go there or it could go somewhere else. But um, I, I think as the rest of us have been contacted by Kate Ryan, um, in regards to um, some uh, some classes that she's trying to, she's recruiting students for um, at the Mission Campus. And um, I just wanted to, at some point anyhow, um, make sure that everybody heard and, and everybody else who probably got the same email that I did, that there are some um, excellent and exciting opportunities for sort of project management, construction management, um, office job kind of things happening at the Mission Campus. Um, and if you are able to complete the course, you are then going to be able to get a job that is um, really quite quite adequately paid. It's quite a nice salary. So I just wanted to put that out there that these are the kinds of things that the Mission Campus can continue to do well, very well. Okay, and we will hear more about that uh, next time. Okay, anything else? All right. Next, we have uh, trustee reports. And we'll go ahead with uh, student trustee Malinali first. Are there any, oh, wait, Linda, are there any, is there any public comment? No, there is not. Okay. Uh, I'll start with um, student trustee. Oh, you already gave your report. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, uh, President. Okay. Um, who wants to go and I'll just do it that way. Don't all raise your hands at once. Okay, Trustee Selby. Thank you. And I just wanted to um, just absolutely thank the amazing student-led transit team um, for uh, just continuing to push forward. Uh, as, as Chancellor Martin said, we did have a great meeting with uh, the director of SFMTA um, and we not only spoke about the bicycles, which he was very interested in, but we also, to some extent, sideswiped him also on the um, on, on getting free transit for our students. And um, that has led to additional conversations with Los Angeles Metro, uh, Los Angeles Metro's Devin Deming is um, has a has a she has a title something like free fare director in Los Angeles. They are they have free fares for all community colleges, um, and so our student our student led transit team has met with Devin, and that is and that was amazing. She had all sorts of great ideas of how we could really uh, start maybe with a pilot program here in San Francisco just to get started with something, if not the full fledged which you know, of course, is what I was hoping for. And then finally, um, 
after that, we met uh, as as um, I think Heather, uh, our student chancellor, mentioned. We met with um, uh, the budget chair Phil Ting uh, just a few days ago. Uh, again, what we're looking for is not only the the will to have free transit for community colleges, which was already expressed at both the assembly and the senate level when they pretty much unanimously passed AB 1919, which was which was to give free transit for all students in California. But um, with a will must be the money. Um, and so we were meeting with the budget chair to talk about how do we get that money to match the will and the desire and the understanding of what how it benefits the climate. So um, I just wanted to just give a heartfelt thanks to, uh, we meet every two weeks. Anybody who would like to um, join us is welcome to do so. Malinali is also part of that group. Um, and um, I would say that the stories that were told by the students to Phil Ting um, were pretty amazing. Four of the four people who were uh, students there uh, did not have licenses. So this was this is this is not a kind of a nice to have. This is a must have. Um, so I again I thank the chancellor. I thank the SFMTA uh, director and the streets director, um, and of course all of the wonderful uh, students and student leaders who are pushing this forward and adelante. You know. Keep going. Okay, thank you. Um, Trustee Chisty. Thank you. Um, I just wanna take a moment to recognize um, our student trustee, Malinali Villalobos. I am in awe of everything that you do. I, I'm convinced that you probably don't sleep. <laughs> um, you know, I see you out in community events, like every meeting that we're talking about, you're present in them. And um, really wanna take a moment to recognize and celebrate and announce that our student trustee was admitted um, to Sacramento State and into the Ethnic Studies program and is pursuing with a concentration in Chicanx and Latinx studies and is anticipating to graduate um, by 2023. Just wanna emphasize that this, this can't be easy, right? Because we all know Sac Sacramento's far. So <laughs> um, just really, really admire you and um, you are inspiring and if there's anything that we can do to support you and you're just you're a wonderful role model we're lucky to share this space with you and so incredibly proud of you so, thank you thank you oh that's great news okay and you didn't even say that um <laughs> okay uh, Trustee Rizzo, do you have anything? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, Trustee Wong? Report. Okay, Trustee Williams? Yes, uh, about our amazing student trustee. Oh, no. Well, no, this is your... Yes, uh, your I'll start there. Um, I definitely want to commend you as well, Malanali, on getting accepted. Um, to Sacramento State, that is a long commute. So um, yeah, just in awe of you as well. And um, thank you for your presence and just being a fantastic student trustee, um, showing up and, and doing so much to advocate for our students. So congratulations, I'll just start there. Um, 
in terms of board report, I was really happy to join um, Vice President Rizzo and Trustee Wong and our budget committee and, and look at um, our policies for strengthening uh, budget oversight. I think that was a really uh, productive conversation and um, want to continue that conversation. Um, so thank you, um, Chair Wong, for your leadership um, there. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, President Davila, I definitely want to um, get involved in the DEI board committee and um, you know, even just really tying that in with our enrollment, I think there are so many opportunities to really have City College of San Francisco speak to our student of color community. Um, and I know we can do better. I mean, I've talked to folks out there in our communities, particularly our African-American students, our Latinx students, Latin A students. And I just really want to be part of that, you know, because I benefited from this college and um, as a Black woman and just moving ahead in my career and I just, um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there. So definitely want to be involved in that committee. Um, and yeah, just appreciate all of you colleagues just for all the work that you do and um, looking forward to a fantastic next year. Great, thank you. Uh, Trustee Green. Yes, um, thank you so much. First off, congratulations to student trustee Villalobos. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge accomplishment to both graduate and transfer. I wish you all the best at Sacramento State. And if you need anything, let me know. Um, additionally, I too am extremely interested in, in becoming active in, in the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. Um, and um, looking at uh, the loss, I'll call it the loss of, of, of doctors, both doctor and Mr. Clark, um, making sure that that, um, that students of color, uh, and specifically in, in the case of those two losses, uh, our African-American students are well taken care of in the future. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see, did I get everybody? Yes, except for me. So I'll just say very quickly, uh, congratulations again, student trustee Villalobos. That's fantastic news. And I'm sure you'll get through that very quickly. And, um, and in terms of the DEI committee, this is great. We already have a full set of three trustees on there. So that's perfect. And um, I will be talking to the volunteers uh, on that committee later and uh, setting up some times for that. So. I um, also wanna say that I will be meeting with a nationwide uh, Latino community college trustee organization uh, next week. And uh, something that's on everybody's mind is uh, the drop in student enrollment across the country, not just our state, but across the country. So um, that's an important topic that we're, I'm going to be learning more about and uh, ways that we can address it. And um, that's it. That's all I have now. So um, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Who okay. is that? Was that you, Thea? I mean, Trustee Selby? Yes, it was. Okay. And then I think I heard Trustee Rizzo second. That was me. Uh, oh, Trustee Wong. Thank you. Um, okay, then we are adjourned.
Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.